basketball. It's all about playing the game the right way. The name on the front of the jersey is more important than that name on the back of the jersey. You play for the Indiana Pacers. That's who you represent. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the All Pacers podcast. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at all.pacers for all your daily Pacers news and content, and join the great community of fans we have there. As always, I'm Jeremy, and with me is Jack Brown. What up? And our producer, Breezy. What's up, Breezy? Yo, what's going on, fellas? Breezy does not have his own mic today, so he's hopping on Jack's. It's okay. It's nice and cozy. That's all I have to say. We're getting real close and intimate here, but let me just hit you guys with my stat of the day. We teased it a bit last time, talking about Jamal Tinsley, one of the few players in NBA history to ever record a 5 by 5 So tell me, where were you? We're almost at the 18th anniversary of this Ooh. game. November 16, 2001. We're recording this on Tuesday, November 12th. So where were you? November 16, 2001. Pacers lost to the Wolves uh, in double OT, 120-113 to at home. However, rookie point guard Jamal Tinsley played 51 minutes and had 12 points, 15 assists, 9 rebounds, 6 steals, 5 blocks, and technically he had a 6 by 5 because he fouled out. Wow. To do that as a rookie is... Crazy impressive. That's really stellar. But to foul out and to play 51 minutes kind of brings it down a little bit. Yeah, and follow-up question for Austin. Uh, who's better, Jamal Tinsley rookie year or Jonathan Bender for his whole career? Jonathan Bender, whole career, baby. Ooh, hot take. Hot take. I'll take just that one game of Jamal Tinsley over anything <laughs> Jonathan Bender ever did. <laughs> Which isn't saying much because that was a really good Jamal yeah, Tinsley game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no disagreements still. here. Everyone listening, if you guys love what Austin's doing with those stats, let us know. I mean, because if you don't like them, we'll cut it. We're not afraid to tell him to stay in his room next time. Hey, I love it. Okay, I you I know want more. yeah, I love it too. I you know Primo's Breezich, Jonathan Bender, Jamal Tinsley gave us some great stats, which I didn't even know that we needed. So thanks, Austin. Next, I want to give some shout outs to some of our dedicated fans who have given us some great reviews on iTunes podcasts. And remember, if you guys want to get a shout out on this pod. Feel free to go leave us a five-star review on podcast. We're trying to become the most reviewed Pacers podcast on the podcast network. So right now, the top one's 104. We want to beat that by All-Star break, and we need your help to do that. But for these fans right here, you guys have really stepped up. You've been a part of this podcast from the beginning, and you've left some great reviews. So I just want to give you guys some shout-outs. So if you hear your name, stand up. We won't see you, but just do it. Just be excited, I guess. That was stupid. (laughs) Did you say just stand up? If you hear your name, stand up. So if you hear your name, so if you hear your name, give us a whoop whoop, and we won't hear it. All right. Eli Cade, thank you. TZ Mech, TZ Mech, thank you. Blaine 1K, aka Blaine 1000, thanks. All right. Sia Jamemfin. Good reading. Sia Jamemfin, thank you. My favorite, uh, Gypsy Moon Dancer. Ooh. Shout out to Gypsy Moon Dancer. Uh, Zach Attack and 20 Something Fierce. Nice. I wonder if they're actually 20 or if they're in their 30s. Well, they're 20 something. Yeah. Which usually indicates late 20s, right? 40s. Oh, we shouldn't bash them. I bet you're 21, 20 something. <laughs> Thank you to all our great fans. Uh, sorry if Jack butchered your name or missed you. Just let us know if we didn't hit you up on this podcast and we'll get you next time for sure. 
Yeah, for sure. I definitely feel like I missed some, but yeah, thank you guys. Big shout out to all of you. So we're, Breezy mentioned we're recording this on Tuesday the 12th. Uh, full disclosure, we're watching the Pacers game right now. So if you hear us go crazy, something awesome happened, and we'll let you know what it was. Uh, but hopefully you all watched the game, the Thunder game, before you listen to this so you would be able to cheer with us through time, mm. I guess. Time traveling. Time travel podcast. I believe time traveling has been invented. It's just being hidden from us. Cool. Just wanted to put that out there in these wavelengths. I think there's a lot that we don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got to go along with me. Speaking of time, a whole lot of stuff has happened for the Pacers this decade. <laughs> <laughs> What a weird tangent. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude. I'm just saying there's a video or there's a photo of this dude at a Muhammad Ali fight holding up a literal cell phone. And Muhammad Ali hasn't been around during the cell phone era. Well, kind of, what? but like he, not fighting. He died like two years ago. <laughs> Time travel. Yeah, so there's pictures like Pharrell was taken... There's a picture of Pharrell from, like, the 40s and for sure a time traveler. Or just as an age, maybe a vampire. What, just, do you, what are your takes on vampires? <laughs> you can just find pictures of people that look like other people. You know that, right? Agree to disagree. All right, hit us up on all.pacers on Instagram and tell us your thoughts on time travel, I guess. Please, please, I'd love to get into some discussion. I hope we cut this from the podcast. But if not... Thanks to all you guys listening. All right, time to switch gears. Jeremy, what do we got today? All right, we got some great stuff co- for you today. Coming up later, we've, we're going to talk about some games from the past week and what the upcoming schedule looks like. But first, Jack and I threw together some all-decade teams. Yeah, and I just want to clear up real quick. I didn't throw this together, and I know you didn't either. We spent way too much time That's on this true. stuff. I spent like 50 days time traveling doing Whoa. this. <laughs> That's a lot. That's hard to keep track of, but I definitely didn't spend that much time. I don't have access to time travel technology yet, but um, I spent a good portion of today trying to figure this out, and it's tough. Yeah, it did get surprisingly difficult. So what are the rules? Can you give us the rules? All right, so we set up our decade teams like the all-NBA teams. So you got first, second, third team. You get two guards, two forwards, and a center on each team. Uh, Our rule was you had to have played in the decade, obviously. Um, You could have only played one season. You could have played... Every season in the decade. It doesn't matter if you if we thought you had an impact on the team that was worth it, you get put on there. And then besides that, it was up to us just how we rank these guys. All right, so we're going to start right off the bat with our first teams. And Jack, I'll start with my guards. Please. We could have either two point guards, two shooting guards, one of each. doesn't matter. Most of my teams broke down in a traditional uh, starting five lineup. Oh, mine did too. Aw. Uh, so my point guard from this team, I had George Hill. Okay. And my shooting guard from this team... Victor Oladipo. No surprise there. I actually have the same list. Uh, I have the same two guards. I started George Hill because he was part of those big runs in 13-14 and 14-15. And then Oladipo, I mean, he might be the best player we've had in a long time, right? Well, and just how much he's meant to this team, even in such a short amount of time, is it can't be put into numbers. Right. Like it's He means so much to Indiana at this point. 
Yeah, so when he plays this year, it'll be his third season, Oladipo. So far, he's averaged 21.7 points, 5.3 rebounds, and 4.6 assists. It's really good stats, especially for a player who last season was hurt for much of the beginning, so those stats could be higher. But, man, he's so good. He's going to be in his third season this year. George Hill played five seasons for us this decade. His averages are 12.3 points, 3.7 rebounds, 3.9 assists. And he was good. I mean, he wasn't a, a great point guard necessarily, but just a great guard and was part. Was, he was an integral part in those Eastern Conference Finals runs. Yeah, and if you listen last week, we talked about how little great point guard play we've gotten throughout our entire history. Very little. And it's really obvious in this past decade <laughs> just how rough it is. Yes. Like, I think if Malcolm Brogdon had played last season, he probably would have been my number one point guard. Whoa, really? Like, Over I, George Hill? I think so. Yeah. Just the impact he brings to the game as a point guard is more than anything any of these other guys do for all me. All right, all right. Love it. Um, also, Oladipo, I just want to mention, he's one of our three all-stars that we've had this decade. So for me, it was an easy choice to put him on the first yeah, team. That's I mean, fair. he is my favorite player all time for the Pacers at this point. Close with Reggie, but yeah, two-time all-star. All right, Jack, give us your forwards. So for my forwards, I have PG-13, which was really hard for me to do. A lot of you guys know how I feel about PG-13. Broke my heart. But I have him on the first team just because I feel like you have to. And my other forward, I have David West. I have the same list. Oh. I am, I am not a Paul George apologist, but I, I, I still like Paul George. Like I, I was glad he left when he did because I didn't want him to be around the team anymore because I felt like he was, he was bringing himself down. He was bringing the team down. And I don't I don't love when guys force their ways out their way out, but I understand it. Like I don't I don't hold a grudge against him or anything. And oh, I do. Excited to see him play for the Clippers this season. Ooh. I definitely don't dislike him as much as a lot of other Pacers fans I know for sure. So it wasn't that hard for me to put him there. Yeah. Uh it, for me it was easy to put him there too. I mean, but yeah, he did he did hurt my heart. All right, and now our center for our first team. Oh, real quick though, Paul George was a four time all star. That was an easy decision. David West didn't make an all star team. But easily could have. Yeah. Uh, he was going to be the centerpiece in that team until we found Paul George. Yeah. He's a diamond in the rough. So, uh, yeah, David West was an easy one. Paul George was obviously going to be there. For my center, I have two-time all-star Roy Hibbert. Me too. Okay. This is very similar. Wow. And shockingly, it's our Eastern Conference Finals teams plus Victor Oladipo. Yeah, dude, can you imagine if we had Oladipo on that team instead of Lance Stevenson? Probably beat the Heat at least one of those dude, years. probably. I mean, because they had... There are three great players, and then would have like Eddie House and Mike Bibby and yeah, Roni Turiaf and what Udonis, was that one guy's Udonis name? Udonis Haslam. Udonis Haslam was on that team. Yeah, Zadrunas Ilgauskas one year. Yeah, that might Joel have... Anthony. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, okay. Joel Anthony, starting center one year. He was really good though. He was, no, he wasn't. He dude. was good enough though. Stop. He was good enough. Jeez, for his role. Okay, well, yeah, I think I think the Pacers definitely could have beat them at least one of those years and maybe won a championship with that lineup. Yeah. Easy. Oladipo just brings so much more to the table that we're not getting from a lot of the other guys. So let me just clear this up. You're saying Oladipo's a more impactful player than Lance Stevenson? Yes. I'm on the record as saying that. Okay. I also want to be on the record saying that too. The moment Oladipo does that guitar thing, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I'll switch my my vote there. Okay. So again, our our all-decade first team, George Hill... Victor Oladipo, Paul George, David West, Roy Hibbert, it's unanimous. And I don't think there's much argument. For sure, let us know if any of you all think different. Well, I think the only argument that I could see in this is putting Miles Turner up there. But the reason I wanted to put Roy Hibbert there was he's two-time All-Star. Yeah, I just, impactfulness to the teams is one of the things I considered. And Roy, 
before he fell off a cliff at the end of his run with the Pacers. Because of Paul George. Maybe. he Allegedly. He dominated a lot of other teams. There's actually there's a really funny clip of Dan Lebetard interviewing Stephen A. Smith during one of these uh, Eastern Conference Finals runs. And uh, Dan asks Stephen A. if he could pick any player, his first pick to build a team to defeat the Heat. Stephen A. says, uh, Tim Duncan, fair choice. Of course. And Dan loses his mind that he didn't pick Roy Hibbert. Like that in... Are you kidding me? Yeah. And he still has a job? In the moment, that wasn't a crazy thing to say because Roy Hibbert really dominated in a way that people don't remember him for. But yeah, looking back on it now, it's easy to It's Dirk and Tim Duncan, right? Yeah. It's Dirk and Tim Duncan, period. But there were people Roy Hibbert's not in there. There were people at the moment who viewed him as that player. Yeah. You're laughing now, but at the time, he was definitely among the best centers in the league. And I, I, I am a Roy Hibbert apologist. I think what happened to him with, allegedly, with Paul George hooking up with Roy Hibbert's girlfriend, um, I think that's what messed him up. I think it just messed him up mentally the rest of his career. He was also on a downward trend, too. But, yeah, I mean, I think he was a great player. I definitely wouldn't put him over Dirk Nowitzki. I'm, I'm not saying... You could put you should put him over either of those players. Yeah. I'm saying at his peak in that moment in time in the NBA, he was considered an elite center in the league. I agree. So it's not anything to smirk at, I guess. Well, uh let me just let it be known that I am smirking a little. He is a lot. All right, let's move on to our second team. I started out last team, so Jack, why don't you give us your guards for the second team? Okay, second team. This one was actually a pretty easy decision as well for me. I've believe so i have a point guard and shooting guard my first one is darren collison and lance stevenson we're the same again Jeez, if we have the same list jeremy man to be clear we did not do these together we didn't this is the first time we're hearing them from each other yeah we haven't even brought them up to each other yet because we wanted them to be a surprise it's just this is it shakes out in a really obvious way darren collison was a really good point guard for us for a long time two stints and lance stevenson obviously playing up for the fans doing crazy stuff out there, blowing in LeBron's Thrived. Area. Thrived in Indy. Yeah, and in a way, you don't really see players succeed in an environment the way Lance Stevenson yeah. succeeded in Indianapolis. It's crazy how that worked out, but yeah. it, it did work for yep. some reason. He had a good run in Memphis for a few games, but other than that, Indy was the only place where it would work. And you could definitely notice that in Charlotte and on L.A. It just And Minnesota. Yeah, nothing, nothing working for him. Nothing, yeah, it's crazy. So my forwards for the second team, I have Danny Granger and Thaddeus Young. Oh, our first difference. Ooh. I have Danny Granger and Boyan Bogdanovich. Oh. But I I'm not I've never been the biggest Thad Young fan. Uh-huh. I love Boyan Bogdanovich. It was so hard for me to not put him on this list, especially since he was our best player last year down the stretch. He yeah, he was Really good for us last year, for yeah. sure. Thad Young was on the team longer, or was he? No, they were... Yeah, Thad Young was on there one more season. So Boyan Bogdanovich was only on the Pacers for two seasons. Danny Granger, in this decade, was only on the Pacers for three seasons. That third season, he got traded for Evan Turner and Lavoy Allen. Heartbreaking, that one was. Especially since Evan Turner and Lance Stevenson got in a fist fight the day before playoffs that season, um, which really did hurt our chances going forward. But Danny Granger's on my team and Jeremy's team, but he is Thad Young and I have Boyan Bogdanovich. Interesting. So Danny only played two game two seasons for us this this decade. Uh still 
a good player for us. Um, definitely more impactful in the 2000s, I would say. He was he carried our franchise forward. An all star <laughs> for in a long 08, time, right? Or 09? Uh, yeah, one of those years. Yeah. Uh, but that I heard. I don't. I wish I could remember who said this, but I heard in in the beginning of the season when we were zero and three, one of the players say they really missed Thad Young's presence in the locker room. Miles. Yeah, because he the way he brought the team together and really made everybody want to play better and be to their full potential. That's kind of what jumped him up a little bit for me, just the respect from other players that he had while he was on the Pacers. Well, you 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 make picks based on emotions mostly. Me. I go by talent. That's why I picked Boyer Bogdanovich. <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> crazy. All right, so who's your center? My center on the second team is Miles Turner. Okay, I have Jan Mahinmi, and here's why. I'm just kidding. I have Miles oh, Turner. Oh, gosh. I was about to leave. <laughs> no, Miles Turner's my center on the second team. Yeah, I don't think we have to go into that one. That speaks for itself. Easy. I mean, he's probably a better player than Roy Hibbert was, but, I mean, Roy Hibbert was just in the right era. Uh, I don't think he'll ever dominate a game the way Roy could. Yeah, I think you're probably right. He is really good, though. Yeah. So our second teams, we have the same two guards, Darren Collison and Lance Stevenson, one of the same forwards in Danny Granger. Jack has Boyan Bogdanovich. Bogey. And I have Thad Young. And then we both have Miles Turner. So at least we had a difference in there. That's good to finally have that. Yeah. And also, I'm looking at my third team and thinking, we probably have a very similar third team, too. Well, there's at least one difference. Oh, there is at least one difference. That's true. Let me guess, you have Boyan Bogdanovich on your third team. I do. Oh, don't give it away yet, because we're not there. I won't. Okay, so how about you give us your guards first? All right, so my third team guards, and let me tell you, this was tough. Awful. <laughs> this is real tough. Did you consider Monte Ellis at all? Not only did I consider him. You put him on your team? He made my team. Dude, oh my goodness. We're still paying him, you know? Yep. I don't. I never loved Monte Ellis, but he, he played well his first season. Like, yeah. He helped for sure, um, and considering some of the other two guards <laughs> here, <laughs> I I don't know who else I could have picked. But uh, my other guard is Corey Joseph. Oh, I thought what he brought for us off the bench the last couple of seasons was better than any <laughs> what most of the other guards <laughs> brought when they started. <laughs> so yes. I, I I included him. I think he definitely deserves that. So mine's completely different. All right. I considered Monte Ellis. I considered Corey Joseph. Mm-hmm. I felt like based on one season with us, though, Jeff Teague was better than both those guys. I had Jeff Teague, his one season with the Pacers, had 15 three points per game, four rebounds, 7.8 assists. I think if Corey Joseph had started, I think he could have been at least that good. But he came off the bench, and also he played longer, which I gave that gave me the edge over Jeff Teague. I did consider him, though. Yeah. And then my other guard... And this is crazy. It might be crazy. After 10 games in the NBA on the Pacers, I have Malcolm Brogdon on my third team. Wow. Because here's why. I could not, for the life of me, put Monte Ellis on my third team. And I couldn't put Corey Joseph on my third team either. I really struggled with that. So I just went ahead and put the best point guard that we've had in a long time on my third team. I don't think you can be on a all-decade team if you've only played 10 games for the team. All right, fine. Then I'll put Orlando Johnson. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what, go back to Malcolm Brogdon. Okay, how about I keep Malcolm Brogdon? What about your forwards for this team? Uh, My forwards, I have Thad Young, and I have C.J. Miles. I don't like that C.J. Miles pick. Really? And I'll tell you why. 
He might have been our second best player for a good portion of 2017, right? I will tell you why. Okay, let's hear it. And his name is Psycho T. Tyler Dude, I love that pick. I thought about it. He's not he's not a star, but like he was he was good for us. Like he played really well. He always played hard. Didn't have the best stats, but he embodied a pacer while he was on our team. He Dude, especially when he like went nose to nose with Chris Birdman. Yeah, like he was always doing that kind of stuff. He'll get into it with guys cuz he loved to play the game and that's what being a pacer is all, is all about, really. Just playing the game the right way and yeah, and grit. Yeah, grit and grind. All, all those. <laughs> That's what they say about the Pacers. Blue, grit and grind. blue collar. Blue collar. Yeah, he didn't really have gold swagger, but he definitely had blue collar. He definitely had blue collar. I agree that he did not have gold swagger. But he he's he he embodied a Pacer. To His me. season 2010-2011 had 11 points a game and 5.2 rebounds a game. Uh, really wanted to be on the 50-40-90 club too that season. How close was he? Um, field goal percentage 46 percent. That was the big one that messed him up. Three-point percentage, didn't take a three, so he's at zero percent. <laughs> Free throw percentage, very close, 78%. So very close to 50, 40, 90 in a lot of ways. Except not really in <laughs> any way. But yeah, I, I like that pick. You know what, man? I like that. I'm going to keep CJ Miles, but I think T, uh, Psycho T was the next best choice. I just have a lot of memories of asking CJ Miles why. Paul George does too. There's a, <laughs> there's a couple other guys like that on this list where... I'm like, if I have to ask someone why that many times, I'm not going to put them on my all-decade team. You never asked Psycho T why? Oh, for sure, but in a good way. Okay. Because he would do something cool. Like, why are you so good? Why is your nose bleeding again? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who do you have at center? For I have favorite? Domas. Same Z. Yeah, I don't think he... There's too many... We have a bunch of centers that are all just very okay. But we have three centers that are pretty good so it was pretty easy to pick those three centers off the top of your head who would your fourth team center be if you had to choose uh al jefferson interesting that's not a bad choice i think mine might be jan mahini isn't that bad yeah it's not great aged al jefferson or jan mahini yeah and two games played andrew bynum uh chris copeland he was fine (laughs) he's a small forward though right also he wasn't fine i could not stand that dude (laughs) I was a big Chris Copeland guy. <laughs> Dude, of course you were. I just wanted him to be good. All right, so do you want to do a recap of our teams real quick? Yeah, so starting from the bottom this time, our third team, I had at guards Corey Joseph and Monta Ellis, at forwards Bojan Bogdanovic and Psycho T, Tyler Hansborough, and at center, DeMontis Sabonis. At guard on my third team, I had Malcolm Brogdon and Jeff Teague. At forwards, I had CJ Miles and Thad Young, and at center, I had Domas Sabonis. My second team was Darren Collison and Lance Stevenson at guard, Danny Granger and Thad Young at forward, and Miles Turner at center. Yep, and my second team, very similar, just one player off, Darren Collison, Lance Stevenson at guard, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Danny Granger at forward, and then Miles Turner at center. And then both of, both of our first teams we had at guards, George Hill and Victor Oladipo, and at forwards, Paul George and David West, and at center, Roy Hibbert. Can I... Real quick, give Jack's evaluation of Roy Hibbert as a player, which is one of my best player, va- favorite player <laughs> evaluations of all time. Let's hear it. All right, Jack once said that Roy Hibbert is not the best defensive center in the this league. This was 2013. And he's not the best offensive center in the league, but he's the best all-around center in the and league. And I stand by and that. That is my favorite player analysis <laughs> of all time. So here's why I believed that. 
because he could hit his mid-range shots, he hit free throws, and he changed the game on defense unlike any other player in the league at the time. You know what? Maybe Miles Turner is Roy Hibbert 2.0. That's what I thought about him, yeah. Because he, instead of hitting mid-range jumpers, is hitting knockdown threes. But he'll hit mid-rangers too, and his free throw percentage is great every year. Yeah, and he should probably be Defensive Player of the Year, so... Maybe not this year. Well, last year he should have been. Last year, definitely. Jet lag this year is his problem. So uh, those are our all-decade teams. Hit us up on Instagram at all.pacers. Let us know what you think. Give us your all-decade teams. Uh, We'd love to hear from you all. Yeah. All right, so a lot has happened since we last recorded a podcast. We've had four games, and we won three and only lost one. Uh, Tough loss to the Hornets. Really tough. That one stung. Yeah. Boo. (laughs) Boo. It did sting, though, yeah. No pun intended. Pun intended. (laughs) No. Uh, My problem with that game was Devontae Graham on the team. He went crazy. Yeah. Who the heck is Devontae Graham? He's done it a couple times this season, too. Yeah. He comes kind of out of nowhere, but but you know what? TJ Warren, 33 points that game, which was a theme last week of TJ Warren having really good games. Yeah, he's changed my mind. Super impressed by him. I'm really glad to hear that. It's about time. He he's really good. And we got him for nothing and the well, sun should be ashamed. Washing machine money. Well, yeah. With it's essentially nothing for an NBA team. Yeah, like our jerseys are going to be a little more dingy this season cuz we can't buy that new upgraded. Well, it's only washing one machine. washer. So yeah. probably one guy on the bench is going to have a little bit dirtier. Quick name a player who has a dirtier jersey. Brian Bowen. Ooh. Sorry, buddy. You got some Louisville hatred there, huh? Deep-rooted deep Louisville Don't talk hatred. About it. Uh, but yeah, T.J. Warren's been great. DeMontis Sabonis, uh, rebounding leader in all but one game. All of them, 14 or more. Goga, the other one who has been out for a while with a concussion and is still out going forward. Who knows how long he's going to be out. Uh, but after that Hornets game, three pretty impressive wins. Yeah. So we beat the Wizards, we beat the Pistons, and we beat the Magic. The, I mean, those games beginning of the season, we talked about this. Those were all games where we expected to win. So I'm glad we actually won because the first three games of the season, we did struggle. But what? Here's why I say impressive. Look at the guys we're missing during these games. Honestly. No Turner, no Jeremy Lamb, no Oladipo, obviously. Edmund Sumner. No Edmund Sumner, and no Goga. That's yep. five guys. Five Goga. Goga. Five big-time contributors to this team that we're missing, and we're winning despite that. Insane. Which speaks volumes about the team's ability to adapt and overcome stuff. And our coaching staff. Oh, for sure. They're doing an amazing job amazing right now. Job. Shout out Popeye Jones. Coolest name in the coaching staff, NBA. Uh, TJ McConnell, I was pretty hard on him early in the season and going into the season. He has really impressed me with his play, coming off the bench and uh, playing super well. Uh, he's a really high-energy guy, which I guess I should have expected that. Yeah. But uh, it's... Actually, pretty enjoyable to watch him play. His reverse layup is pretty much unstoppable. Yes. It's amazing. It's crazy. It's so insane how he makes space on that. And he's facilitating the offense for the second unit, which we haven't seen in a ton of years, feels like, at this point. And that is really great for later in the season, too. Look look at all these guys who can facilitate for the second unit when everyone's back. Uh, Warren can obviously do it if he's not playing in the first team, or Lamb, or Sumner. Like, whoever in McConnell is there. Um, Goga, obviously. There's we have so many options. We're gonna have so much to talk about when everyone's healthy. Like who's gonna be on our second unit team? Because right now we have for guards, we have McConnell, Holiday, 
Jeremy Lamb, Edmund Sumner. Yeah, we had we didn't even mention Aaron Holiday, who got the start last game and played pretty well. And he got the start again tonight. Again, we're recording during the Thunder game. So Well, he started the past, including this game, four, right? Because he got his first start against Washington and torched Isaiah Thomas. No surprise there. Maybe the worst defender in NBA history. Well, you got to give him a pass. He's really short. <laughs> okay. Isaiah Thomas, we will deliver you a pass <laughs> next time we see you. The all-pacers pass. Yes, and Isaiah Thomas... On the slight chance you're listening, if you'd love this pass, we'll print one out. We'll sign it. Also, on the slight chance you're listening, we went to the game last year where the Pacers blew out the Nuggets, and we really yelled your name a lot because we wanted to watch you play, and they wouldn't put you in. Unbelievable. The nerve of Mike Malone and that whole Nuggets organization. Who? They lost by 40, (laughs) and they wouldn't put him in. It was crazy. Any other thoughts about these games, Jack? Dude, I got plenty. So... I don't know if Miles Turner will fully help us with this because it wasn't working at the beginning of the season, but Vucevic put up, what, 17 rebounds against us. Drummond had another good rebounding game. Thomas Bryant did pretty well on the boards. Not, I mean, not great, but, like, I mean, he had 11. Well, who our next biggest guy with Turner and Goga out is Doug McDermott, probably. Yeah. So that's not it's not going to be great when we're going up against these really good big men. Uh, but, yeah, once we get these other guys back, I don't think that'll be as much of a problem going forward. Hopefully, there's still obviously things to figure out, but it should get better. Yeah, definitely. Um, and with Miles Turner, too, I think it's important to think about I don't think people recognize this. Jeremy brought this up the other day. He played in China for Team USA this summer and then went to India with the Pacers. So he went from China to India and then came back and no, played he, a season. He oh. went from from USA to China, yep. back to the USA. That's right. And then to India. Yeah. So, so two he's just, Asia trips. He's had a busy summer, and I think it's like he started out this season with the most points per game he scored in his career for a season, and his three-point percentage is about 56, right? 56%, which is insane. He hasn't looked good on defense, and he hasn't looked great on the boards, which he never really does on rebounding terms. But on defense, like I would expect to see his ability rise a little bit, especially when he comes back from this injury because – one, he was worn out, and two, like he, I mean, he just never got into a flow of things. So, yeah, I, I think it's important to think about. Jeremy brought that up to me the other day, and like, let's not give up on Turner yet. Like, yeah, it, it is fun to think about trades for Turner or for other players where we can include Turner in that. But, you know, he's still young and he's hitting threes at a high clip right now and spacing the floor. So, it's just important to think about. Here's some team stats for you, Jack. We are top half in the league. And opponents points per opponent points per game at 105.9. We're eighth, and we're 13th in defensive rating 105, which I think is actually kind of low, and we'll get better at that. Uh, we're actually ninth in offensive rating. Wow, with uh, 109, despite being 25th in pace at 99, which is shocking to me. Wow, that we can play at such a slow pace and we still get all these points. And all of I think all of these are going to go up we're gonna get better on offense and way better at defense when we start getting all our guys back so that is a really good outlook going forward yeah I mean our team's been so good recently I mean just the way that they've been able to put this together so right now this might be a hot take but I think Demonis Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon if they decided all-star teams right now those two would be all-stars in the east uh definitely considered Malcolm I think for sure Sabonis would probably feel bad if he got left out yeah, definitely. So, I mean, we have two great players right now leading our team. Once Oladipo comes back, and we'll see how Miles Turner plays, like, we can have four really good players, which we haven't yes. had in a long time. So, that's fun. That's super exciting. It's really good to get these two reps, too, 
yeah. away from Oladipo and Miles Turner, which, I mean, I don't want to speak for Jeremy when I say this, but I will. We would much rather have Oladipo in the game right now than have him out of the game. Yeah, for sure. But right now, getting to see these guys play and like seeing what we have in all of our players, it's fun, and it gets us really excited about Pacers basketball moving forward when we get these five guys who are hurt back. And I mean, it is going to be interesting, and we might have some chemistry issues because all these guys have performed, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be chemistry stuff no matter what just because of how many guys are going in and out of the lineup right now. It's It'll take a minute to figure out, but we'll get it figured out, and I think we'll be really good moving forward. Dude, honestly, though, Nate McMillan's kind of the slowest coach at figuring out his rotation. Have you noticed that? Like, going into the end of the season, we're still playing 12 guys. Yeah, I think that's more of a minutes thing than anything else, though. He he really – I think he tightened it up in the postseason last last year. That's what all, that's what all teams do. You're going to you're gonna play all your guys just to stay fresh and everything. Well, there, there's a look at our long-term future. Here's our week coming up. Uh, we've got the Rockets on Friday in Houston. Easy win. <laughs> and we've got <laughs> the Bucks. In Banker's Life on Saturday. So two games back-to-back over the weekend. We get a couple days off before then, though, which will be nice. Uh, Jack, what do you expect to see this weekend? I think these are going to be two tough games. It's I'm really hopeful that Miles Turner will come back and Goga will come back for this because we are going to need some depth at the big man position because, I mean, the Rockets don't have great depth at the big man position. They have Clint Capella, and then I don't even know who comes after Clint Capella. P.J. Tucker played some power forward, which, I mean, I don't even know who they play, right? Do you know? No. The point is, is like... If we can dominate down low in the paint against the Rockets, maybe get Capella, get Capella in foul trouble, we could win that game. I mean, we definitely have to worry about James Harden and Russell Westbrook, who are playing really well this season. Yeah, those guys are going to shoot. You know it. Harden's going to get 30. Russ is going to go for a triple-double probably. It's just you got to beat everyone around them. Yep. So if Dude, you let, totally agree. Let those two guys do their thing. Like, don't give it to them. Like, obviously play defense. But you're going to – you have to expect letting them get what they get and then – the wins comes in the win comes in the margin in that game. And also with that game, I would I would guess that Aaron Holiday won't start. I would bet that we see Malcolm Brogdon and then if Jeremy Lamb's healthy, for sure Jeremy Lamb. I can but, I, I would hope Jeremy Lamb is back by then. Yeah. But uh I, I can't imagine we put Aaron Holiday out there against those two to start the game, especially on defense. Yeah. Malcolm Brogdon's gonna hold his own with whoever. I mean, for I ex- the most part. I expect we'll see some Justin Holiday in we'll that game see as Justin well. Holiday. We'll see some veterans defense. play extra minutes that game. Against the Bucks. They have a pretty good player there in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, not Robin Lopez. Dude, Robin Lopez, man. He might be – he's vying to be the best player on that team this year. If only Brooke Lopez was in his way. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I had a – I was talking to a follower on Instagram the other day, and they were kind of refuting what I said about uh, rebounds, and they made some good points. So, I I mean, my – view on the rebounding against the Pacers has changed a little bit, but like Brooke Lopez could easily put up 15 to 20 rebounds against the Pacers, right? I think any competent big man can get 15 to 20 rebounds yeah. against the Pacers, especially right now when we're so undersized with all our injuries. Yeah. Depending on who's back, who knows, maybe we'll see, but yeah, it's even our center, even when our, all our centers are healthy, they're still small. Like, yeah. Brooke Lopez is thick. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. He'll bang with them and get a lot of rebounds. Yeah. He's a thick boy. Uh, but this is another team where we really only have to worry about one guy and not let him beat us. So Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Eric Bledsoe, these guys aren't they're not gonna beat us. It's Giannis is gonna be the one who's gonna beat us. So it's all about making sure we don't let him go off for like fifty. Which might happen. Easily. Hey, all, hey, TJ Warren's looked pretty good on defense this year. He's tried. Yeah, he's 
He's been really good. I, I like everything I see from him, yeah. honestly. Our, the players recently have talked about how TJ Warren's been working hard on defense, too, and it's really getting them pumped up. So, I mean, especially him coming from Phoenix where you you don't play defense the past few years. I mean, they look good this year, but the past few years they didn't play defense, and, I mean, he just got into bad habits for sure, which is understandable. And now, like, on the Pacers, I didn't expect him to try that hard on defense at least to start, but, like, he's working he's working his butt off. Well, defensive identity is part of what we do here, so you have to. If you're gonna play for Nate, you gotta play. You have defense. to. This yes, you have to play defense. So, uh, yeah, I've been surprised with TJ Warren on that, and I mean his scoring's falling up too. I think for him too, he's working so hard on defense to start the season that he wasn't really figuring out how to put it together with offense. So he, I mean, his his offense at the beginning of the season, I I don't know if you agree with this. I don't think you do, but it didn't look good, and it's turned around now. And I think he's figuring out how to balance everything out. Well, yeah, if you have a game where you only score two points, it's not a great game. But yeah, he's. I mean, he. Like I always say, he's playing the same way. He's just the buckets are falling because he's he's getting in rhythm. He knows his spots. He knows how to play with everybody else. So it's a lot easier for him now. So yeah, we just have the Rockets and Bucks this week, and then we'll have two days off. But the Rockets games this Friday, the Bucks game Saturday. We'll see. Yeah, and we'll have all our game recap and everything coming up for you on our pod next week. Jack, you got anything else for us? Everyone listening, if you haven't left a review yet, go leave us a review. Five-star rating on iTunes. We'd really love the support. We've loved all the support that we've gotten so far. Um, If you really want to support us, go tell your friends to listen and leave some reviews too because we do want to be the strongest podcast on the web for the Pacers, and we we really need your help to get to that point. And if you're looking for some more uh, Pacers content, check out the Woj pod from last week. Kevin Pritchard was interviewed on there. He had some... Good stories, talking about playing with Danny Manning, talking about Larry Bird, uh, a little bit about the Paul George trade, all sorts of stuff in there. Uh, Can you give us a snippet of the Paul George trade talk? Yeah, so essentially he said there were there were a number of trades available to them that night when they made the trade. Did he give any examples of those no, trades? No, he didn't. Ah. Woj tried to catch him. He tried to throw out a couple, and Pritchard didn't bite. But uh, he said there were some other trades available, but he had had a meeting with the owner, Herb Simon, and they said they wanted to be competitive, and they wanted a team that they could root for every night, and it was important that they kept a home-winning record because that's the kind of guy Herb is. He wants to win at home. Yeah. So that's they looked at they took all that into consideration. They looked at Oladipo and Sabonis, uh, and they made the deal. And they saw something in them. That's crazy. Well, they even said they specifically brought in Collison and Bogdanovich because they thought those two guys would complement Oladipo. No way. So even from all this, all the team building started right around Oladipo before they'd even seen him in a Pacers uniform. So. If you want more insight like that, check it out for sure. It's really good. Dude, love it. I'm going to go listen to it. That gives me chills. Not going to lie. I love Oladipo. (laughs) All right, we'll be back at you again next week. Um, As Jack said, be sure to follow us on Instagram. We got more cool stuff coming up for you every day this week for sure. As always, I am Jeremy. For Jack and Breezy, take it easy. Peace out. It's all about playing the game the right way. The name on the front of the jersey is more important than that name on the back of the jersey. You play for the Indiana Pacers. 
That's who you represent.